Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. I just finished an episode with Carrie all about adult female friendships, and we got to share some of the story of our friendship and how it developed. I wanted to take time in a solo episode to talk about how challenging it can be to make friends as an adult and how we can wake up and realize that we're in our mid-30s or mid-40s and maybe we know a lot of people or we have a 500 number on our Twitter followers or our Facebook friends, but we don't feel like we have close friends or people that we can call on and rely on in times of stress or places that we can go to really to really express ourselves, whether that's venting or frustration or vulnerability or fear or crying or sadness or happiness or joy, whatever those feelings are, they need close friends. I think that loneliness is one of those things that affects us tremendously. And between loneliness, exhaustion, and anxiety, we have some big things to work on as a culture and as individuals and as community members. So today I want to talk a little bit more specifically about some of the strategies that I have used to, if you listen to our last episode, I said aggressively pursue friendships. And I mean it, to take a positive, proactive posture of making friends, of saying, I'm going to put a stake in the ground. This is something that I want. This is something that I want to pursue. And here's how I might go about it. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. There is so much to learn when it comes to pregnancy and parenting. You all know that I'm a huge fan of learning from experts and gathering your tribe of people to learn from. So one of the ones I highly recommend is called Alavita Nutrition. They are the sponsor of this episode, and they are a tremendous resource when it comes to food and health and wellness. Anna and Megan started the company, and they are registered dietitians and entrepreneurs, and they want to make eating good food and understanding nutrition easier for busy moms. I have been stalking their blog and reading all of the recipes, and now it makes a lot more sense why I crave a bazillion eggs and green juice during my pregnancy because I understand the science behind it. If you want to learn more about nutrition and how to take care of your body before you're pregnant and while you're growing a baby and afterwards, go check them out at Alavita Nutrition. Also, for startup pregnant listeners, if you use the code STARTUPPREGNANT, you get 20% off of their self-paced programs or their nutrition consultations. I have all the links in the show notes so you can check them out. And thank you, Alavita Nutrition, for being the sponsor of this episode. So the New York Times ran this epic piece called, Why Is It So Hard to Make Friends in Your 30s? And in the article, they talk about how challenging it is. In your 30s and 40s, you can have a lot of new people enter your life. You can have kids and other kids' parents, or you go to the same school as people, or you work together with a lot of colleagues, or you meet people on the internet. But how do you go cross that bridge, that boundary, and actually make close friends? The kind of friends you might have had in high school or college, if you were lucky, or the people that you really call when you're in crisis, somebody that can help. 
as I approach giving birth and I have a toddler and I think about like, okay, who do I call to watch the toddler in those moments when we go into labor? If we have spontaneous labor and we need coverage, do I feel comfortable calling my neighbor? Why or why not? Luckily, there are a couple of people that live close enough that I do feel feel like I can interrupt. <laughs> like I can call them in the middle of the night and be like, yo, leave your phone on. Need you to come over. I don't mind bothering you to be up all night to do this thing. It's been challenging to live in a new city and to live in new cities time and time again and to switch jobs time and time again. And so I wanted to talk about some of the kind of methods and tools to make friends. First of all, I guess it can take a while. Know that it can take a while. I remember being in my 20s and realizing around 25 that this is something I wanted to pursue and something I wanted to focus on as an important part of my life. I had been on swim team and developed close friends in college, but a lot of it was situational. It was college, it was location, and it was the sport that I was doing. And as we moved away from each other, it was hard to keep in touch. And I didn't like that. And so I wanted to make sure that I was keeping people in my life. But the intention of my 25-year-old self and the reality of my 35-year-old self are very different. And it took a decade for some of these things to come true. Also know that it can take work and commitment. It is far easier to not show up and to slide into ordering food for delivery and staying at home and watching TV and checking or scrolling Facebook. Those are easier. There's less friction. They're more convenient. But convenience isn't always better. And it can take work and a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of effort to really go out of your way to make sure that friendships not only start, but that they continue. So I encourage you, if you're thinking about it, to think about where you want to be five years from now. What do you want the quality of your relationships to look like in a year's time, in three years' time, and in five years' time? Because those are the kinds of parameters, those are the kinds of time distances that will, I think, affect what you choose to do now. And for me, that means, okay, if I want to you know, have really good friends in five years. I want to develop these friendships. Well, first I need to go out and identify who the kind of people are that I want to be friends and where they show up. And then there needs to be enough time to have recurring, repeated interactions and to show up for each other. My first strategy is to think about what it is that you want, to write it down. I want somebody to talk to once a week, or I want to have a dinner party at my house every month, or I want to develop a really good set of girlfriends that are all interested in having a circle together, or I want a mastermind group to level up my business, or I want to be part of a writing circle. Next, figure out what kind of activity or event, what do people like you like to do? Where are the places people like you hang out? I think one of my failed strategies at making friends was trying to go to places that I didn't actually enjoy. So I would go to late night events after work, or I would go out to bars and scenes, or I would go to places where you had to dress up all fancy. And none of those things fit my personality. I can do them. I have done them. I think it's fun to do them like once a month, maybe. But as more of an extrovert, honestly, the place to find me is a coffee shop reading a book or in smaller groups of people, or at the yoga studio, or on a retreat. 
getting more introspective and doing the soul work or the body work or the mind work alongside fellow travelers. So where are the places that people like you like to hang out? Is it the library? Is it a coffee shop? Is it a meetup group? Start to identify those places. I find big networking events or conferencing events really challenging, but if the event is 50 people or fewer, I find it much more promising. Next, try showing up by yourself. Some of the best people that I met have been when I put myself in an uncomfortable situation and I showed up to events all by myself. I had to adopt a little bit of an air of confidence, and I definitely will admit to feeling like I was faking it, not making it. But I showed up to the World Domination Summit, a conference in Portland in like 2012, and I showed up to some events in the city of San Francisco and some in New York. And I went to not just conferences, but like festivals and organizations And I went and I showed up by myself and I forced myself to just go introduce myself to at least 20 other people. And I knew that if I walked over nervously and shy and I was like, oh, I don't really know anyone, da, 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 it would be harder. So I just walked up and I said, hi, my name is Sarah. What brought you here? And by the end of the weekend, it was really fun. I got to meet people. I got to ask them questions about themselves and I got to stay in touch. And I'm still in touch with many of those people later on. And I think part of the reason it worked so well is because I showed up. Oh, it's so awkward, but I showed up by myself. If you want more like tips and strategies and super geekery about how to go into a room and not feel like a total nightmare, Vanessa Van Edwards has a YouTube channel. And I think it's called The Science of People, or that's The Lab, The Science of People. And I'm interviewing her on the podcast. She'll be on the show in 2019. But she has a YouTube channel where she breaks down like the best place to be in the room and where to stand, whether it's outside the bathroom or across from the bar or by the front door. And all of these little tips and tricks can be so useful if you're really stressed out about it. I watch some of her YouTube videos. I'm like, all right, I got this. I got a game plan. I'm going to stand across from the bar. And these are the three questions I'm going to ask people like, what brought you here? Or how's your drink? Or do you need a drink? Or anything like that. So if you want to get super geeky, There are people on the internet that are really geeky about how to do this. You don't have to go in unarmed or uninformed. You can also watch a whole bunch of nerdy YouTube videos and then try it out. My next strategy is to remember not to take yourself too seriously. So if we were thinking about this like a business project, or we were thinking about this like acquiring new customers, we might cast the net wide and say, okay, we want to see if 200 to 300 people can get in the funnel. And then we'll try to follow up with 50 of them. And then we'll see if 10 of them turn into contacts, maybe three of them become closer friends. Those numbers may seem overwhelming to you, or they may seem just right. But if you think of it like a project and you don't say, okay, every single person I meet has to be a good friend within three months, because that's a little rigid. Instead, think, how many people can I meet? My goal for the next six months is just to meet a lot of people. And I want to see what kind of people I like. And I want to make sure I follow up with them. I'm going to go to six or seven events, and I'm going to try some meetup groups. And I'm also going to put my phone away at the coffee shop so that I can say hi to a lot of people. And you know what? I'm going to go to coffee every morning of the week just so that I can start to see the neighborhood. Those are ways to start to cast the net wide. And I love doing this. I feel like energetically, there are periods of expansion and contraction in my life. And so sometimes I'm in seasons of expansion where I want to go out and meet a lot of new people. 
and talk and explore. And then other times I'm in periods of focus and contraction where I don't really want to meet any new people. I just want to be in the zone where I am focused on the project I'm working on. I'm deepening the relationships with people that are already in my life. Oftentimes those periods coincide with my family periods now. So, you know, as I'm birthing a newborn and getting really intense, I don't have the bandwidth to go out and really expand. I'm in a contraction period where I'm focused on keeping this baby alive, doing the breastfeeding thing, getting sleep every moment I can. And then when I'm frustrated or sad, leaning on the network I already have and calling close friends and just saying, help, today was so hard. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to get through it. Or calling my sister and saying, I need food. I'm so hungry. I haven't slept in days. And then as I start to emerge and get back on my feet, I feel the resurgence and it usually aligns often with spring or summer as well. I feel that resurgence of like, oh, I want to go out. I want to meet people. I want to talk. Remembering that it can come in waves and there are periods of expansion. And when you are just starting out to cast the net wide and try a lot of things and not take it so, not make it rigid or take it too personally. Because part of the thing is you may cast your net wide and meet some wonderful people and they are in a period of contraction. So they may in another moment in time, love to meet you. And you may meet again six months or 12 months or two years down the line, but they don't have the bandwidth to take on a new friendship at the moment. And it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with sleep deprivation and structural inequality and the demands of raising kids. Or they're in a really rough spot with family or a work job or something like that. So cast the net wide and remember not to take it too personally and just start with playing with meeting people. Then from there, take a chance on a new friend. I remember meeting somebody in my neighborhood who I really liked. And I came home and I was kind of really excited because I told my husband, I said, oh my gosh, I know that I want to be friends with this person. How do I aggressively pursue this friendship without being weird? And he said, well, ask them out. Take action. So take a chance. When you have these opportunities, Nothing has quite transpired yet, but you think, oh, this could be something new. This is a seedling. Go take a chance. Send them a text message. Send them one that says, hey, I really enjoyed meeting you, and I think we could be great friends. Do the thing that isn't being done. And if you feel awkward about it, imagine getting a text message yourself that says, hey, I had so much fun meeting you. We should definitely hang out more soon. Would love to take you out for coffee. Here's my number you would feel really good about that. And if you weren't in the time or the space, you could politely decline. But mostly, just try it and trust and take a chance. Another reminder, just as we are working through this, when I'm in the online space, in the virtual world, you can see a lot about how other people are connected or friends with folks. And this has happened to me, so I'll share this as an example. One of the things that can be kind of frustrating or disappointing is when you see a group of people and they're all smart and brilliant and they're connected and you hear about their mastermind or their posse or their group and you're like, oh, I want to be part of that group. And you pin your hopes on this external group where you think, ah, oh, if only I could just get in that group, everything would be better. Well, the thing is, once the group already forms, 
there is this kind of tantalizing appeal to joining it, but it's not the best strategy to try to do that because you're an outsider and they've already formed. And it's actually, I think, bound to make you feel worse. And I remember there have been times when I've been like, oh, why can't I just be a part of that? Well, here's the secret that I didn't realize at first that is just, it's so helpful. There are literally millions and billions of people in the world. And there are so many awesome people that trying to join an existing group is not actually going to be as effective as starting a group yourself. For those six awesome people that you see that are together, you are one of the pieces of the next group of six. And I can tell you this because it's happened to me. I have been in a conference and I've been like, oh, I love that they have a mastermind together. And then I meet other people that say, oh, yeah, me too. And I say, you know what? We should start one of our own. And I start a group with a couple of people and then it becomes four or five or six people. And then people come to me and they say, oh, I really want to join it or I want to be a part or you're so lucky you have this group. I don't have that. And I find it fascinating because I was in the exact same position. And I feel that way still when I look at other groups, that twinge of jealousy, like, oh, I want to be in their group. I want to be part of that. And to remember to take the power back into your own life and heart and know that you can start the group that you need, form your own. So when you see something that causes you a little bit of jealousy or you're like, oh, I really want to be part of that. Well, that's good news because it means that you know that you want something that looks like that and you're able to form it yourself. Lastly, this has recently been a surprisingly effective friendship strategy, and it's to say yes when people offer. I didn't realize how many people were offering to help until I started to wake up to it. And you know, when someone says, oh, do you need any help watching your kid this weekend? Or, oh, are you doing all right? Or, oh, can I bring some food? Or is there anything I can do? About a year and a half ago, I decided, heck with it. I'm just going to say yes every time somebody offers to help. Can I bring you food? Sure, we would love that. How about Thursday? Or, you know, daycare is closed. Let's swap watching kids together. Great, let's do it. It is easier and more convenient to say no. Say, oh, no, I got it. Like we're pretending that we're competent, that we have everything together, that we can do this all on our own. But the thing is, is when someone offers to help and you take them up on it, it's not just the helpfulness, but there's a bond that is formed. They were able to do something for you. You were able to take them up on it. You had to work through logistics. You had to see if it worked. It might have been a little bit uncomfortable, but it takes you three steps forward in terms of forming a relationship. And when you decline that offer of help, maybe you look like you have it all together, but it doesn't actually bring you any closer to the people around you. So despite my discomfort and my nervousness, I said, you know what? I'm going to try to say yes when people offer to help. Now, my inner dialogue immediately said to myself, well, what if they're just offering, but they don't really want it? What if that's too much work? What if I'm putting them out? You know, what if somebody says, oh, can I bring you dinner? And you say, yes, they don't actually have the time. Well, one way of thinking about this is that they won't offer if it's really that challenging. So if they do it and it's really too hard on them and they're like, oh, that really sucks, then maybe they won't offer again and they'll change the words that they use. Like this is a learning opportunity for them too. It doesn't have to turn into a friendship. But I realize that there's this beautiful opportunity to accept help when it's offered. And 
that creates the tension and reciprocity and the relationship foundation that's needed to start to build a friendship. And later on, when you say, thank you so much, that was a lifesaver. Let me know if I can bring you any food when you're feeling down or if you've got sick kids or I can watch the kids. All of a sudden, you have the seeds of a relationship. Across it all, look at the buckets that you have. Do you have a lot of mom friends? Do you have a lot of local neighborhood friends? Do you have a lot of work friends? Figure out where the different areas of your life are and which ones feel empty or full. Sometimes I realize I need more mom friends in my life or I just want more people locally because commuting in New York City is way too hard. So I want to have some regular friends that live in my neighborhood. And look at which area is something that you want to focus on filling. If that's really impossible, if you live in suburbia far from people that are like you, or you travel a lot for your job, or you have demands and constraints that make it really challenging. I also know people that do virtual coffee sessions where they set up a 30-minute chat and they go into existing online Facebook groups or meetup groups and they say, hey, I really want to meet new folks that are talking about and then list the topics, you know, knitting or coding or quilting or reading science fiction novels based on Mars, whatever it is, whatever your thing is, you can reach out and say, hey, I want to do a couple virtual coffee sessions. I have seen so many people that are also hungry for new friendships and new connections that the worst case is you put yourself out there and you end up in the same place that you already are. And the best case is that you put yourself out there and you have 10 conversations with new people and some of them end up being the beginning buds of great relationships. So those are some of my strategies for making friends as an adult. I think that overall, we have to remember that the structures and institutions, the way that work is designed and the way that life is designed right now is not doing us any favors. We are channeled into narrow nuclear families. A lot of us live without our extended families close by. Work has expanded more than ever to take up all of our hours, which is actually a really fragile system because if we're taking more hours for work, we have fewer hours for friendship. And then structurally, the demands of parenting, motherhood, and working all at the same time, well, frankly, it makes it feel almost impossible. So, when and if and how you can, saying, I'm going to prioritize friendship. I'm going to choose that this is something important. I'm going to write in my journal or on my vision board, my goal this year is to make three new friends. Then you can try it and you can remember that it's important because I think we've got the weight of the structures tilted against us. And it's important to say, you know what, I want to combat that a little bit because one of my goals in my life in my 30s, my 40s, my 50s and beyond is not just to check the boxes at work or to, you know, bleary eyed get to college age kids, but it's also to get to know my community and the people around me and to spend time with them and to support them and to help them and to let them help me. And you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. 
If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. We send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.